Alright, welcome back everybody. Hope everybody's having a good new year. Today, for New Year's, we're going to talk about the enemy. The reason why I'm going around this subject is because as people are making their New Year's resolutions, whether it's to go on a diet, to be more kind to other people, to follow God more wholeheartedly, um... How are you, like, a lot of people don't understand Satan, and when, when I was going through some, um, Bible school, they actually taught us the doctrines of Satan to help combat us against what the, what Satan teaches, what he lures people to believe, and all this other stuff. Um... So, let's first start off with the gap theory. The gap theory is basically um, when it starts off in Genesis, Genesis 1, where everything was perfect. He made the heavens and the earth. Um, then he started creating the earth, um, you know, through the days. Um, within the six days, he created the heaven and the earth, um, and then he created all life on it, and then he, at the end of all of it, he ended up, um, creating man. So, after, as he put, um, Adam into the Garden of Eden, um, sorry for little beeps, people are just buzzing me today. Um, so as, um, Satan, um, saw God making the heaven and the earth, it's believed that he wanted to have this kind of world to himself, and he wanted to be exalted above God, um, that is referenced in uh, the book of Isaiah. Um, so, if you go into um, Isaiah 14:12, um, it says, "How art um, thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who didst make the nations?" Um, so, a lot of people will take in consideration the different Bibles that there are, and how there's one of them that will say he's the morning star. You have to understand, Isaiah came before the gospel. So, when they're saying the morning star in that, um, that is derived from basically... Lucifer is derived from a meaning of light bearer or light bearing star or something along the the lines of a light or a you know sun or a star. If you go into actuality with it, it has to reference with Venus, which Venus, as it moves up, the star itself. Um, I mean, Venus is a planet, but the way it reflects the sun um, onto the Earth, it looks like a star. And that is basically where Lucifer got his name. 
Um, so there's a lot of different like takes on this, and yes, Revelation does refer to Jesus as the Morning Star, but again, the Tanaka um, was older, and the way that they deciphered it, you know, is in that context. So, a lot of people also wonder, why would Satan want to revolt against God and everything? And that also comes down to um, Isaiah. Because in it, he explains that Satan, or Lucifer son of the morning um, for thou hast said in thine heart I will ascend to heaven I will exalt myself my throne above the stars of God in this sense he's saying that he wants to be above God in that sense like above the stars of God so God's saying he's here with the stars and everything here and Satan wants to be above it he wants to and his heart wants to be better. And that basically showed God that he was prideful. He had a, uh, a will, a desire, a goal. He was, you know, there was just a lot of different things. It also says in Isaiah 14, 23... I will also make it a possession for the bittern and the pools of water. I will sweep it and bestow, uh, sweep it with the besom of destruction, saith Lord of Hosts. Lord of Hosts is another name for God. So there's a lot of people that use the Hebrew name for Jesus or the Hebrew name for God or the trim. Uh, Trimogrammaton version of them. Um, some people call him Jehovah. Some people call him um, Yahweh. <clears throat> I actually saw somebody saying Yahweh isn't the right term. Jehovah is. You know, I mean, we can debate all day. The fact of the matter is, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek never had the letter J in it. In fact, not even English had the letter J in it until about the 1500s, um, where when the Geneva Bible started coming into circulation, they started changing uh, Isis, I-E-S-U-S, to Jesus. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, the point is, is that the Lord of Hosts, Lord, God, all these are titles. They're all titles. It even says in um, one of the uh, books of Paul, there are many lords and many gods. Um, that is a First Corinthians quote. First um, Corinthians eight verse five. Um, For thou there shall be. Um, that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there may, um, as there be 
gods many and lords many. Um, so in in that in that context, Paul is trying to tell you there's going to be a lot of people that are going to call themselves lords and a lot of people that are going to call themselves gods. You know, um, in fact, as you go further into history after all of this stuff. You know, you had, like, Caesars and stuff in the Roman Empire. As you go into, like, the, the Taxons, uh, the Saxons and stuff in England, they would call their king Lord and stuff like that. Um, so, Paul, at that point, he was explaining that there's going to be a lot of people calling themselves lords and a lot of people that will admit that they're God, but they're not. You have to understand the difference between them. And, you know, that goes into a lot of different parts with the end times. Um, so... When Jesus came here, he said that um, Satan is basically the god of this world, and he is not mistaken. If you see the way the world is today, Satan is the god of this world. Even after, you know, Jesus was crucified, um, died, resurrected, and ascended, and he had his uh, apostles go out, spread the word, and everything. Um, Satan was still under attack. And you have to think about it. If you were the devil, what would you do? What would you do if you were Satan? So, the first thing you probably want to do is corrupt the church. Go after all the churches that believe and create a division. And we have that today. There's a huge division. You can see it on Twitter. You can. I, I'm on Twitter, and half the time I go on it, I see Christians arguing with Christians about what they interpret the Bible to be, about which Bible they should read, about all these different, you know, cases. And, you know... Me and one of my buddies on there, even him and I start clashing heads over it because he's very opinionated about one specific Bible. And it, I read the exact same Bible that he does. So, you know, we get into debates and stuff, and it's not like we're attacking each other. Um, it's just the way some things get worded on Twitter and stuff, it creates a division. Also, Twitter makes a character limit, so you can only fit so much on a thing, otherwise you have to put it on a new post and just keep doing that. And the reason why I have a Twitter isn't to really talk to people or anything like that, it's to try to get the message across easier, you know? As soon as I get done the message, I publish the episode, I go on Twitter, send it out to everybody so they all can listen and hopefully get some sort of lesson out of this um so 
the first thing you do is you would want to attack the churches. And when you think about attacking the churches, you're, you know, you're thinking, what do we do? Um, a lot of people, um, some Jewish people and some um, Islamic people, uh, even some Christians, believe that Paul was a bad person in the Bible and a lot of the stuff he written was heresy. Some people believe in a monotheistic God, other people believe in the Trinity. Um, and then you have, you know, people that are Catholic that believe in praying to the saints and praying to God and praying to Jesus and praying to, you know, all these. And it all comes down to your relationship with God. You know, um, Islam, for example, uh, I am not a Muslim person. I can't fully speak to their beliefs. But they um, claim to be descendants of Ishmael, which cr created the Arab nations. And God said in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, that his covenant's going to lie with Isaac, but he's going to bless um, Ishmael and the nations that follow with him. So, do I believe that there could be a... Muslim God, or not a Muslim God, but do I believe that their Allah is our God in the same way? I don't exactly take that into consideration, but I do believe that if God's going to bless the Arab nation, he's going to do it in his own way. So, you know, um, the Arab people, they say that being a Muslim is the salvation to all people, while Jesus was supposed to be the salvation to only the Jews. And that's not what Jesus' message was at all. He went to the Samaritan woman, he went to all these different people to create salvation. And the first thing that you'd want to do if you were the devil is create a division between all the nations that worship the same God. Um... That said, I don't want people to get confused in saying that I follow Allah or anything like that. You know, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian through and through, but this is where Satan wants to attack. He wants to take the church and crumble it, create a division between the Christians and all the worshippers that are part of the Abrahamic faith, because when you have the Abrahamic faith all being under attack, then there's too much, you know, disdain and wrath and strife to even come together. You know, um, we have Jehovah's Witnesses, we have Mormons, we have Catholics, we have Christians, we have Baptists, we have Muslims, um... I think I already said Catholics. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that take what the, the Bible says and they can engrave their own interpretations into it. And it's a very dangerous thing to happen. Especially when some people will condemn so much. Um, you know, condemn so much of 
different faiths and everything that even the people that do believe in Jesus will say like um, the Baptists versus the Methodists you know if you look at those two and then they're going at each other you know it's like why you know we're, we're dividing ourselves up our little differences yes there is a difference we want to tell you that it is the right way to follow it this way and they want to say no no you're wrong this is the right way to follow them. and me personally I mean God even said it he's gonna know your heart he's gonna know where you are so create a division in the churches after you create the division in the churches then you get led to wars the wars lead to um, you know basically host, uh, hostile nations so basically after wars are over you're gonna have all these nations that are gonna be weary of each other um, you know you have America that goes to war with Afghanistan you have Afghanistan and Iraq that want you know to kill Israel Israel which is going against Palestine you have all these different nations and they're all literally so hesitant to push a nuclear button on each other so when we go into Satan we have to think about the end times you know because a lot of people think this is where we're heading now um, so the role of Satan they explain him very very vividly and they explain he possesses intelligence he's probably smarter than everybody on this planet because he is the only person that can lead a rebellion of angels against God. As it says in Jude um, 1 verse 9, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst does not bring him a accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Um, you're saying Michael the Archangel is contending with the devil that they're fighting. Um, there's another verse um, in Jude that talks about Enoch. Jude 14 through 15. And it was about these that Enoch in the seventh generation of Adam prophesy saying see the Lord is coming with ten ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict everyone of all the deeds of ungodliness that shall have committed in such ungodly way and all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him um, you can reference that where it's in Genesis 5:18 through 24 where they're talking about Jared um, and then he became the father of Enoch and then Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him now in that sense this 
that that one part right there actually references or parallels the rapture. Why it parallels the rapture is because God took Enoch before he died. And that is what everybody believes the rapture is. It's when God's going to take us before we actually perish. Um, so our full human bodies will be going to heaven. You know, um, you know, Satan is also referenced as an anointed cherub. Now, there's two versions of this. There's the Islamic version, which says he's a jinn made of fire that was anointed to go into heaven. But basically, um, God said, I like your faith in me. I'm going to raise you up into my an angelic race, uh, ranks and anoint you uh, as a cherub. That's what, you know, basically Islam says. But if you're going to look at Satan as an angel, the way that the Bible describes him, says that he's a cherub, and you can see a lot of it in Ezekiel. Um, each one had four faces. The first face was of a cherub, the second was a face of a man, the, th the third was a face of a lion, and the fourth was a face of an eagle. Um, you know, uh, that's Ezekiel 10.14. Ezekiel 28.14 says, you are, anointed, you are the anointed cherub who covers, and I place you there. You were on the holy mountain of God, and you walked in the midst of the stones of fire. And you can keep going on, but Ezekiel talks about a lot of the angels, including Isaiah. talks about the seraphims, which are supposed to be the highest-ranked angel next to the archangels. Um, but, you know, as you go through everything... There's a lot of stuff you can find out about the angels in the Bible. Um, you actually just have to be, you know, willing to open and read it. You know, a lot of people don't like reading or, you know, they uh, prefer audiobooks, which is fine. But I always found that reading, you can take notes, and after you take the notes, you can look at your questions and whatever and then go back into the Bible and try to answer them with different parallels that are in there um, so we're about 23 minutes in alright so I'm going to go real fast on this last part so he possesses a will um, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive uh, captive by him and his will. 2 Timothy 2.26 He possesses emotion, um, desire. He has certain goals and things he wants to see accomplished. That's referenced in Luke 22.31. Um, he has pride. The devil sought to take God's place in Isaiah 14, 13 through 15, and wrath 12 verses 12 in Revelation. Um, he possesses an organized ability. The Bible speaks of Satan's synagogues, uh, doctrines, and deep things. Um, I already went into how he wanted to attack the churches, and as he attacks the churches, he's going to weasel his way into the government 
and after he goes into the government, everything's going to come back as it was before, you know, the way that, you know, the ancient Romans did their uh, practices and stuff. Um, a big case to think about is um, when it comes down to people trying to condone pedophilia as sexual orientation or many of these other sexual orientations, or basically all this stuff in general. Um, you know, there's specific things in the Bible that say not to do. And then you have progressive Christianity, which says the Bible said that, but they didn't know at the time it was okay. So this is where I'm going to lead you. I don't care what Bible you read. But you have to understand that there's laws that are in the Bible that say not to do. You know? And then, in that context, when it says not to do a certain law in the Bible, and then you go out and do that law and thinking that it's fine, you're still breaking God's laws and commandments. So... In that, in that sense, if you are literally, um, you know, a kid and you're defying your parents, you're going to get punished. Same with God. God loves you. He's going to forgive you for all the sins you've done. But, you know, if you continue doing the sins and saying it's okay because progressive Christianity says it's okay, then you're being misled. Those people are going to get punished even more than you. And then punishment will rain down at one point. Um, but those are, you know, under God's orders. And when it comes down to the day of judgment, he will make the decision. It's not for me to judge. It's not for anybody else to judge. It's for what my purpose is, is to just try to spread the message to everybody to make sure you guys follow correctly. Um, I feel like we could go on for like an hour with this. Um, Satan tempted Jesus three times. Um, you know, you have to take that in consideration. He, he is very devious. He is not afraid of anything in, in that sense. You know, he pretty much lost his paradise in heaven. He went after Jesus to tempt him. Jesus basically told him to go away because, you know, he's not going to question God's intent. God's intent was there he followed God's laws and this is where there was another debate on Twitter where somebody says Jesus is salvation don't follow God's laws and that's where it's wrong Jesus fulfilled God's laws he, everything that was in the Old Testament he did you can see that there's a great parallel in the Old Testament to the New Testament, and there's a reason why we have the Old Testament in the Bible. It's because everything that happened back then 
And today, you get to see that Jesus, he did everything he could to fulfill the covenant, fulfill um, the laws that were set before him, and at the same time, give people salvation. So when they do break a law, they will have a way to renounce it. Renounce the sin and turn away from the sin. A lot of people will say, you know, I'm forgiven after I do something bad, so they'll keep doing bad things, and that's not how it works either, you know? Um, give me one minute, I'm gonna just save this part of the episode and go on to a next one. Alright, I'm sorry about that. I just feel like this has a lot of stuff to cover, so I want to make sure I cover it in this one episode. Um, and, I mean, I probably might even need to make another one, so there's going to be this one and part two, which I'm doing now, and then we'll just see how it goes. But I'm only allowed to upload 30 minutes at a time through the program, so I just want to make sure it's distributed correctly. So Satan as a whole, he wants to get everybody away from God. And then in Revelation 20, verse 7, um, I just want to pull that one up so I can read it word for word for you. In Revelation 20, verse 7 through 10, basically says, and when the thousand years are expired, uh, Satan shall be loosed um, out on his prison. He shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four uh, quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together in battle, the number of whom is as the land of the sea. Um, the sand of the sea, sorry. And they went up to breadth of the earth and encompass the camp and the saints about hit the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them and the devil that deceived uh, deceived them will cast them into a lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tor tormented day and night forever and ever now that is a very very powerful and scary thought to be a false prophet and to be a monster to be cast down into a place of, of internal torment. Now you're probably asking, why the 1,000 year imprisonment and then release him? Right? So, you think about it. From Genesis all the way up through the Gospel, all the way right before Revelation, Satan has conquered the world. He has deceived the nations. He has created physical means within science and um, philosophy and tried to dispute all the, the words that the Bible has given. So why would God, at the point where he finally redeemed the world, let Satan back out again after a thousand years? Well, at that part, 
I'm going to answer it in this way. If you have a heart for God, like King David or Solomon said that God was at, uh, they were men after God's own heart, despite all their flaws, you know, being an adulterer and a murderer, um, they sought to love God with every fiber of their being, to do everything in their will of God. So, God wants to know if all your hearts are the same way. Yeah, I'll let Satan loose for a little bit, see how he deceives the nations. I already have this thing covered, you know, he's like, I already took over the world, I want to see who is going to go back into his mindset, his you know, materialistic world, his world of desire and lawlessness and everything. You know, at this point, we're seeing lawlessness in America and other countries. We're seeing um, riots. We're seeing people just diminishing hate upon other people. I mean, you know... It's even getting to the point where, you know, we. I'm not going to get into politics, but you have Trump and then you have Biden and both sides of them, you know, they don't have great parts of them, you know. Trump, as he is, you know, is kind of an arrogant person, but he was trying to do the best for the American people. Um... And if he truly is a saved and God-fearing person, then, you know, like King David, he was a man after God's own heart. Biden, on the other hand, there are certain videos I've seen where he would bring a lot of race into certain things. And as he brings race into it, it creates a division. And the division between the races are going to create riots and going to create um, a sense of people just not wanting to love each other. Like, God says, love your enemy, love your neighbor, you know, love everybody as I loved you. And that's how they'll know that you are true. Um, so... When you go to all of this in the key factor, you're going to have people that are basically creating division and other people that are trying to make things right but also making a division because the other people are too wound up in this world that they don't want to see the truth that you're trying to express. And Paul states that, um, you know, a few times. Second um, Thessalonians 2, verse 8 through 9, it says, And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders now 
I'm going to express one very, very big thing here about Paul. Because you have people that are denouncing Paul as an apostle, I want people to understand he suffered a lot. He first started off Paul's journey. He started off hating Christians, or hating the people following Jesus, and wanted to persecute and kill them. Well, he started running after them, chasing them all throughout. Um, and then finally, he wound up blind in a desert, walking. And then Jesus appeared to him. And he cured him of his blindness so he could see. And Paul ended up going back to the apostles, and he's like, I believe you guys now. I saw the miracle. I saw the truth. I see everything. And even as the, uh, the disciples um, were hesitant to accept him, they decided, you know, all right, go spread the message. Paul would go to different churches all throughout. He would be imprisoned many, many times. He'd be probably abused during those prisons. And he would continue to find ways to write letters and everything to churches to keep everything going. Now, at the end of it all, he died, you know, and as he died, the, the most important thing to take from that is why would somebody that is a follower of Christ want to distort something? You know, I mean, like, if you really are a person that wants to get rid of Christians and Christianity as a whole or the message of Jesus, then why would you continue doing it longer than anybody else you know in raising the new generation of people to spread the word and after that generation is spreading the word then why continue doing that he was a Jewish person why would he create a trinity or create something that was against his own beliefs if anything he could just of said, alright, the truth is we need to follow the Old Testament, the, the, the Torah, you know, the laws of Moses, and that's it, you know? That's all he would have to say to the new generation, and we would have lost everything. So, you have to take that in consideration before you point your finger at one of the apostles and Satan is going through many many things there's going to be institutions that were established by God like marriage human government um, the nation of Israel and the churches well, right now, marriages are on the brink of destruction. We're at the point where 
we're having the least amount of population growth, which a lot of people are, I saw were complaining about that, yet they're condoning homosexual behavior and marriage, which ultimately leads to no reproduction. You know, I mean, it doesn't take one, in, you know, a math genius to realize one plus one equals two, but if you have, you know, two people that can't have kids because of their genders, then ta-da, it's not going to work. Um, the institution of human government. Now that is in Genesis 9 verse 6, Romans 13 um, verse 1 and 2, Titus for, uh, 3 verse 1, and Peter 2 13 for, uh, through 14. The thing is about this one, and the reason why it's a big deal for me to speak this is because I don't believe in human government. Because human government is full of um, deception, lies, untruthfulness. You know, it's just it's not a good thing to. Uh, God may have instituted the judges, the kings. Um, you know, the church himself, and all these different authorities. But when it comes down to it, you look at how different people would rise into power and then turn away from God. And that, you know, I mean, God probably had the plan for that. And that's what Revelations is about. But you're going to have to understand when it says live by the law of the land, the laws of God are higher than the laws of man. So, when I think of law of the land, I think of the laws that God has instilled, not the gods that men have instilled. Um, that's just my opinion. If you don't agree with it, that's fine. Go by your own doing. But, again, I always hold God to a higher standard than the standard of the government. Um, the nation of Israel... Um, I see a lot of people that bash, bash Israel, bash the Jewish people, say they're not real Jews, saying different things because they they mixed races and stuff. Um, I'm going to tell you right now in the book of Numbers, um, Moses married an Ethiopian woman. Um, and Aaron and Miriam were kind of against it. And when they spoke out against it, God told Moses and um, his wife to get out of the tabernacle. And he came down from heaven and told them. Moses, he goes, when I talk to prophets, I will speak to them through visions. But Moses, I will speak face to face. Or he said mouth to mouth in the Bible, but basically saying, I will speak face to face with him. That's how much love he had for Moses, and how much trust and truthfulness he had for Moses. And Moses married an Ethiopian woman, and they thought, the Miriam and Aaron thought it was, you know, bad. Miriam got hit with, I believe it was leprosy, and Moses and Aaron pleaded God to have mercy on her and to take it away. And God said, keep her out of the 
encampment for seven days. And when she comes back in, she'll be cured. You know? Shows how merciful he is. And it shows that he will stand up for the people who stand up for him. You know? So, when you look at Israel, whether or not their blood is completely Israeli, you know, doesn't really make a difference. It's his... Israel's his people. It's his covenant. It's what he's stuck with. So, to have all these different people right now that are against Israel, we need to also stand up for them because God left his covenant with them. And yes, the people that are in there that are full of sins and desires and the ways of the world are going to have to answer for what they've done. But at the same time, we need to pray for them and try to at least lead them in the right direction. And the last one was the institution of the church, which you can find in Matthew 16, verse 18. And those four institutions, like I said, the church is supposed to be, in my opinion, the most pure out of all. Because when you have a church... You're speaking the message, you're guiding the people, you're teaching everybody. And if you can't, you know, lead the people in the right direction, or you have some progressive way of Christianity saying that everything the law is making now is fine, and even if it goes against what God says in the Bible, it's fine. Just keep going that way, you know? So, there you go. You have four institutions that at this point in time, all of them are getting corrupted. The church has division. The nation of Israel is looked down upon by many nations in the world. Um, the institution of human government has been filled with corrupted and uh, prideful people. And the institution of marriage has been basically ripped apart, you know. There's divorces, there's marriages that don't make sense. Um, it's just, you know, that's another thing to do. If I were the devil, I would first create the divisions of each one of these categories that, have, that God has instilled. taking a breath here for a minute so we talked about a lot of different things in this we talked about um, Satan about what we would do if Satan was you know a person um, you know or what we would do if we were Satan like what our strategy would be we led with that strategy and proved um, that that's true. Um, we explained what he looks like, that he's an anointed cherub. So, you know, he is, apparently his realistic formation should have four heads. But, you know, the devil, Satan, um, he's defied as the adversary, you know. 
he encouraged the fall of Adam and Eve. He was the accuser to torment Job. Um, he offered Jesus th three temptations, um, you know, to try to lead Jesus away from God. Which is one of the most... Actually, I'm going to touch on that one. Why would Satan want Jesus to worship him? Now, if Jesus was to worship Satan, think about this realistically for a minute. That means you're having the Son of God worship basically the most evil entity on the face of the planet in the world. So, Jesus falls on his knees hypothetically and starts worshiping Satan. That just basically brought Satan up to God's level because Jesus was granted all the authorities of all the heavens and everything, and he explained that to people. The only way through the Father is through me. And if he got rid of Jesus, then everything would be done. You know, we wouldn't have our salvation, we wouldn't have anything, any of this stuff. But Jesus was perfect in every nature. He knew to resist any temptation. He was the most powerful person on the uh, on the planet at that time you know he's known as the prince of darkness um the master or prince of all lies he's depicted in many ways such as a man with horns and ghost hooves a pointed tail pointed beard and a pitchfork or as a dragon as an angel with large bat-like wings um and these are all based off different um pagan uh, derivatives of his nature. Um, some of them look at bafflement, um, which is uh, like this half-human, half-goat thing with, you know, they look at him as being Satan. Um, other people say Satan is probably one of the most beautiful people in the world. Um, or, you know, in all, and everything. So, but he was described as an anointed cherub, which would have four heads. So, four heads and wings, and I believe hooves as well. Um, in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, um, Paul was stating that, and there's no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. He's going to come to everybody, and everybody's going to look at him as an angel of light. Um, you know, um, as it says in the Bible that Jesus is the morning star, and Satan in the book of Isaiah, and in certain interpretations it says morning star. Um, that's another example, a perfect example of how he wants to take on the throne of Jesus. You know, he's saying, I'm the morning star, 
And then Jesus, you know, he's coming down, he's like, no, I'm the true one. You're just the poser version of, you know, you just want to be the morning star. You know, um, even though Isaiah said it first, that's when you have to look into the Bible more where Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. And before Abraham, that was before Isaiah. You know, it takes a lot of, I want to say, like, backtracking in the Bible to fully understand everything. And I can tell you right now, after the years I've studied, um, years I've read it, um, the different things that I've learned, there's always something new. The Bible is a book of infinite wisdom. You can read it five million times and I guarantee you every five million time you read it there's always going to be something new that pops out in it you know Ephesians 4.27 and give no opportunity to the devil so that is the most important thing that you need to take in consideration is don't open your heart up at any point to the Satan. There's many people that want to um, do something in God's favor to open themselves up to try to, you know, understand the works of, you know, Satan and everything. And this is why I'm going through the doctrines of Satan with you guys and learning about them because the best way to defeat your enemy is to know your enemy. So, um, taking a breath here for a sec, I think that's, so anyway, um, to put this, uh, whole thing to a close, we're gonna listen to one final part of this. Satan really is the god of this world then what are you doing in this world to protect yourself from him what are what are your beliefs what are your desires what are your everything comes into play right now I'm bringing this all on the table to all of you what is um as this new year comes in you guys have to think what is your desire what are you looking to get out of this world everything that you're saying right now or everything i'm saying if you have any other ulterior motive other than putting a hundred percent faith into god then that's not a New Year's resolution you need. There's people I know that want to get healthy. That's a good, you know, motivation. There's people that want to help other people out. Perfectly good motivation. Um, there's people that want to save up enough money to buy a 
new sports car. That's something that you might want to think about. Um, but as it comes down to all of it, whether you're going to be healthy, help people out, and everything like that, at least always put God into your New Year's resolution to always try to make yourself better in His eyes. Because that's my New Year's resolution. Um, I'm going to do my best to walk a path that Jesus walked. I'm going to do my best to try to be a better person in life. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can reach more people and bring Jesus to them. So again, if any of you are ready to put Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior, you can recite the sinner's prayer. Um, I'll have it in the notes, or you can go into episodes and find it. Um, and other than that, I hope you guys have a great year, and um, I'll speak to you next week.